Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Andy Shaver here. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. This show is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. If you want the best silhouette on the market, look no further than DiveBombIndustries.com. And for listeners of this podcast right now, you can save yourself 10% by using the promo code TRUMPTRAIN at checkout. That's TRUMPTRAIN, all one word, all lowercase, saves you 10%, and that promo code is leaving. It'll be out of the station September 30th. It will be no more. Hunting season is upon us, so the promo code is gone once September 30th turns into October 1st. So take advantage of it now. Go out, get you 15, 20 dozen of these impressive-looking silhouettes. Get you your decoys for this season because it is here. And save yourself some money when doing so. Also, be sure to check out our film, Goose Brothers. It's out now. It's on YouTube and Facebook. Sanfield Hunting Outfitters, Big Honker Podcast, and Pork Choppers Aviation Facebook page. So you can go to either one of those sites or you can go to YouTube. Type in Goose Brothers. We hope that you enjoy it. Let us know what you think. We're very, very proud of it. So go check it out. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Sea Light LEDs. Get those lights on your trailer. It will make a world of difference. Nothing worse than fumbling around in the dark, setting up your decoy spread. Put them on your trailer. There's nothing worse than setting out your decoy spread and then the sun coming up and thinking, what the fuck did, did Ray Charles put up this, this spread? Get you some lights for those trailers. Go to SeaLightLEDs.com. That's S-E-E-L-I-T-E-L-E-D-S.com. Go get your lights for your trailers today. The Big Honker Podcast is brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, home of the Big Honker Lodge. We are located in Knox City, Texas. That's www.stanfieldhunting.com. Been in business for over 25 years. We put them in your face. Ducks, geese, dove, whatever you want to shoot, give us a call at stanfieldhunting.com, 940-658-3172. And we have some November goose specials. I got some October pheasant and dove special. Give me a holler at stanfieldhunting.com. And the Big Honker Podcast is brought to you by 737 Duck Calls. Original design, select grade components, superior sound, and unparalleled service. 737 takes exceptional pride in producing the finest quality, best-built premium calls on the market today. They are made in America and offered only direct to the consumer from their website. Shipping in the U.S. is always free. International orders are also now accepted online. And a 20-day money-back guarantee and a lifetime warranty accompany every call. Purchase 737 Duck Calls. Lead the flock. Okay, folks. Get on that 737 Duck Calls website and use promo code HONKER and save 15% off on all your duck call purchases and apparel. That's 737DuckCalls.com. Folks, if you want a good duck call, got a goose call, jump on them and try them. If you do it, you'll always use them. They're a good company. They're good people. They, they're American-made. It is the is a great product. So anyways, I, Jeff Stanfield, am telling you, go out and try some 737 Duck Calls and go to 737DuckCalls.com and use HONKER as your promo code and save 15% off on all your purchases. Thank you. I'd like to thank Big Honker Podcast, William Chris Wines. It's William Chris Vineyards out of High Texas. Folks, if you need that wine for that special occasion, it's wedding season coming along. Zach's getting married first weekend in November. He needs to go to William Chris Wines and William Chris Vineyards and WilliamChrisWines.com. You can get a case of wine sent to you for $1. Go to promo code HONKER, H-O-N-K-E-R, coupon code for WilliamChrisVineyards.com. You can find William Chris Vineyards William Chris Wines at Bucky's, General Foods, and most other high-end retail outlets for wine. And that's WilliamChrisVineyards.com, home of Sway Rosé. And the Big Honker Podcast would like to welcome our newest sponsor, Garrison Brothers Bourbon. 
We are a family of bourbon makers and bourbon lovers, fully committed to proving that the finest bourbon whiskey on the planet will be born in the Texas Hill Country. A bourbon that beyond its incredible taste also has the power to fortify friendships and faith while spurring legendary stories for life. Ladies and gentlemen, the recipe for this is a glass, some ice cubes, and Garrison Brothers bourbon made in high Texas. Check them out at garrisonbrothers.com and welcome aboard the Big Honker Podcast. Okay, on this episode of the podcast, Jeff and I talk about the difference between birds flaring and birds sliding. We get that question a lot. We have guys that hunt with us that can't tell the difference, so we break down what the difference between a flare and a slide is and what you can do in your decoy spread to correct it. And it might also not be the decoy spread. You might have to look in the blind at calling and flagging that is going on when birds are working. So we break that down for you guys along with a couple other topics that are fun. So we hope that you enjoy this one. And again, thank you for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. podcast i'm jeff stanfield i'm andy shaver happy to have everybody along listening yes sir we are live at the big honker at the big honker lodge in knox city texas and we are going to talk about a lot of different things today first let's talk about the rain we had a bunch of rain this weekend yeah we did seven inches is what i've i've heard well probably more in spots but a lot of water a lot of water added to already a lot of water two weeks before that Andy had a little 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 issue at your house. We had a little flooding. We uh, we saved everything though, so luckily it a uh, lot of hard work, but it did not get into the house. That's the first time that I've ever seen sandbags in Knox City, Texas, around houses. A lot of uh, a lot of people weren't as fortunate for sure. That's, that's crazy, boy. A lot of rain, and we're supposed to rain again this week. We've yeah. had we've had some places have had twenty inches of rain in the last ten days, and our yearly average is what seventeen? Twenty three. 23. 23. But, I mean, we're way over that finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In two weeks, pretty much. Absolutely nuts. Yep. We are doing this Monday morning. This is going to come out today, same day we did it. What a wonderful day. The Texas Longhorns and Tech won in football this week. Mm-hmm. Wasn't so as ex- I wasn't as excited about Tech. The Cowboys lost. Packers lost. And Tiger Woods won a golf tournament. That's amazing. If you're into golf, yeah. It is, without prostitutes this time. Yeah, I guess his back was. I guess his back is back to being a hundred percent. I guess Tiger probably has cured himself of being able to be on the Supreme Court justice with all his back stuff he's got. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely. We're gonna talk about a little bit of world shit real quick, just because I want to talk about it. The people, the Democrats in Washington D.C. are all going to hell. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous the way they've held this country over this bullshit with this lady. If if you had, if, 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 I'm. First of all, 
for the women that listen to this that might get offended by this, and I doubt any of them are going to get offended because they know too. Sexual assault's a horrible thing. If that guy assaulted someone, he should be in trouble for it. But a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old kid's drunk at a party and making out and he groped her or whatever he did does not set the bar to where he can't be a Supreme Court justice. If he didn't even, she didn't even tell her parents or anything about it back then. Right. That's fucking bullshit. I'm so tired of this shit with these goofy bastards. And I mean, he was a minor, you know, he's a minor at the time, so. Who gave him the alcohol? That's who ought to be in trouble. Yeah. They're probably dead now. And now she's saying she doesn't even remember if it was him for sure or not? Yeah. She don't remember. She don't even know where it was at or who, but she knows it was him, but she's really not sure. Uh-huh. And now there's a second woman that come out and said he showed her her penis 40 years ago at a party. I'm going to tell you right now, hmm. I cannot be a Supreme Court justice. There is no doubt in my mind about that. Right. I mean, there's a lot of shit I did when I was in high school and college that has kept me out, of, that would keep me out. And 99% of every man in the country has done the same shit. Yep. I mean, how can you not get to second base if you don't try? You, you never know. You never know if you, if you don't uh, give her the old college try. So now are we sitting here going to be in a box? we got to find a person that's never done anything, has no life experiences, I guess is what it takes to make decisions for our country. None of the forefathers would have been elected today if this was the case. I mean, I can understand if the guy was snorting coke off of some hooker's ass yeah. in Las Vegas. At, yeah, different. yeah. But to supposedly, he, he says he don't remember it. And I'm going to tell you right now, he seems like he's kind of a nerd. Mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming that any boob he ever touched, he remembered. Yeah. Well. And he doesn't seem like he's a liar. And a guy like that is going to remember any chick he made out with or anything. So... I'm saying it's a bunch of bullshit, and but they're holding our country hostage, and it's dumb as hell. Again. So, anyways, that's the politics for the world for the end of it. And I did see a thing today. Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers quarterback, blew his knee out, mm-hmm. and I've seen people already saying they need to bring Kaepernick back. Mm. Not worth a headache. That is a shit show that the NFL just cannot get away from. Mm-mm. All right. We've had some people call in and ask us some questions over different things that they want to talk about. And one of the things a guy asked me, he said they hunted opening week or opening the opener for conservative or not conservative uh, nuisance goose season, and he said they had problem with birds flaring. When when is the proper time that you start fixing your spread or what? What, what are the first things you look for when birds flare? What's the very first thing you look for when birds flare? Concealment's number one. That's the first thing that you're going to look for every time. And if you're hid good, then what do you do? Because most of the time you're not somebody and you know you might just kind of do a little roll call like hey billy bob are you uh that big ass blockhead of yours is it undercover because if it's not that's probably what you know this old old hag in the back is seeing that that's pulling everything off so concealment's the first thing i look for then i look to make sure that no decoys are down uh especially if you're hunting silhouettes a lot of times if they're down in the sun right it creates little mirrors in the in the sky so uh Kind of walk through your decoy spread. Make sure you got nothing out there that might be uh, might be screwing you. Um, you know, just just simple stuff like that. And then if uh, if you get back, you can't really find anything. Look at the next group. You know, there's a difference between a flare and a slide. And we've talked about it a little bit, but a flare is. They're coming in, they're coming in, they're coming in, and then they cannot get out of there fast enough. That is a flare. They've seen something that they don't like. Something is wrong. Fix it. A slide is, eh, we're kind of interested. Let's go over there, but, uh, uh, 
Maybe we'll try it. Maybe, no, maybe not. Okay, that is a slide. A flare is easy to fix because most likely the birds are coming to your field and something's wrong. A slide is a little bit harder because you really didn't do anything wrong. They just kind of lost interest. So on a slide, what I would do is do the complete opposite of what, whatever you're already doing. So if you're not flagging and you're just kind of uh, being conservative with your calling, um, I would do the opposite. I would get more aggressive with my calling, more aggressive with my flagging, and kind of pull them, pull them in uh, to your to your spread. Now, a lot of times, you know, a slide can be your decoy spread is wrong, and they've tried getting in, and something's wrong with your decoy spread, and they just can't they can't set down. Okay, so then you're going to need to kind of look at where they've been trying to land, and um, you know, depending on what you've got out there, either add more decoys or take away. Most likely you've got, uh, if they're trying to land in one spot and they don't, you've probably got too many decoys there. So you can probably thin that out a little bit and make the pocket a little bit bigger for them to land in. Uh, but they're completely different things. A flare and a slide are not the same thing. A lot of times guys, oh, well, they, they flared when they really just kind of slid, skirted you around. Um, so know the difference and adjust. A flare is easy to fix because you can just, it's usually one or two things. You get those done and you're, you're back rocking and rolling. One thing that I see guys doing a lot though is, uh, they don't fix things fast enough. Okay. They get out there and, uh, well, we'll see what the next group does. And then they'll do that three or four groups. And then by the time you know it, the morning flight is over. Um, if you see a flare, something is wrong right away. And if the next group does it, something is definitely wrong right away. And especially if they do it at the exact same point, get out there, look over everything, look over concealment first and look over your decoy spread next. Okay. And if they, if nothing's wrong with those, then you got to look at what you're doing in the blind. Are you flagging too much? Are you calling too much? Are you not doing one enough? If you're duck hunting, uh, it might be the spinners might be your calling. So if there's nothing out there, that's just painfully obvious. And walk out a ways. Walk out 75 or 100 yards and walk back in and see what you see. Say, everybody, sit in this blind like you sit when geese would come in, and I'm going to go look. Um, and a lot of times, you know, if, if somebody is peeking a little bit, they'll hide better. And then you can get out there and say, well, I didn't see anybody. So if you're whatever you're doing right now, do that when the birds come in because I didn't see anybody peeking. The decoy spread looks good. Let's see what this next bunch does. And if the next bunch flares... It's probably something that you're doing. Probably uh, user error. So if you've got spinners going, maybe pull them. Uh, if you're calling a lot, maybe back off. If you're not calling enough, you know, it just, you're just going to have to play with it at this point. But a flare is easier to fix than a slide because a slide just means that the birds aren't losing interest. So that one's on you. You got to, you got to, if it's, if they're sliding, you got to change your decoy spread to where they're more interested. Uh, figure out what they're wanting. If it's late in the year and food is what they're wanting and they're sliding you, put out more feeders. Put them in bigger bunches. Call more. Call more aggressively. Okay? Remember that uh, you've got to... Your decoy spread tells a story every morning. And that's, pro that's, that's probably why I like this so much. It's because the story changes throughout the year. Birds want different things. It goes from you're hunting early season and birds just kind of want to loaf a little bit to late in the year, everything's cold, everything's locked up, and food is scarce. 
and you got to change your story every day. And especially when you're doing it like we are seven days a week, you better be able to tell a damn good story seven days a week that doesn't look the same. Because if you're not getting fresh birds, they're not going to come into the same shit every day, pounding them. So make your decoy spread tell the story of what's going on in your area at that particular time. Make your calling tell the story. Watch birds when you're scouting, and that can be your biggest key. So that's what I would do if birds are flaring or sliding in a mansplaining effort. I think I covered everything. I think that's pretty damn good. Close, a good start at least to it. A good start. Yeah, well, it wasn't wasn't nothing like Harvard level, but it, it was okay. Fuck. <laughs> the only thing I didn't do for these guys is get out there and do it for them. That's the only thing I didn't do. You oh. got you got the tools now. I, I'm confident that uh, <laughs> no matter what you see out there, you can you can fix it. Okay, guy told me they hunted in Canada, having trouble shooting pintails. Having trouble getting across the border. Yeah, that happens. In, in pintails. Oh shit! Tell me, tell me. Uh, duck call, whistle. To, let's talk about pintails for a minute. <laughs> they can be a pain in the ass. Well, good luck. Pintails are a finicky, finicky creature. Uh man. All I can tell you is. I hope that that they're just dumb because if pintails are smart, they're going to get to 65 yards. You're going to say, mm, maybe one more spin. And then you're going to get them at 50 yards, and you're going to think, ooh, they close the gap one more spin, and we got these pretty little bastards. And then the third spin is at 75 yards. And then the next spin's at 60 yards. And then the next spin is at 55 yards. And then you think, ooh, one more spin, and I got them. And then they're gone. So pintails are a finicky creature. Um, I would say keep the get a pintail whistle. Don't you know? Don't blare at them with a mallard call. Kind of less is more with pintails, in my experience. Uh, kind of let your let your let your mojos do the work. Let your spread tell the story. And if you've got a pintail whistle or a dog whistle, I don't have a pintail whistle. I just uh, make that little trill sound on my dog whistle. And that seems to work. But, yeah, if you get out there and you blare at them with a mallard call, most of the time it's not going to work. I mean, you've hunted pintails. You know, Jeff. Oh, I, yeah. They're a, they're a pain in the ass. When I grew up, we could shoot 10, so we were better at it then. You, fuck, you, you fucked it all up for the rest of us. I don't remember ever shooting very many times that we shot 20 or 30. I mean, we've had some good hunts on pintails. We've shot shit out of the We've had very good hunts on pintails, yeah. A lot of times. But I'm telling you what, they are a special, special animal. They're pretty. Guys love shooting them. Guys love uh, hunting them. But let me tell you, and what suck and what's tough for us is everybody out here thinks that a fifty-yard shot is makeable. It's damn it's it's damn near impossible on ducks. Okay, and so you get these fucking pintails that circle at sixty yards and then at fifty yards, and then they then the next pass is at seventy-five yards, like I was talking about. That fifty-yard pass, guys start looking at you like, man, why aren't you calling the shot? Number one, that's going to educate the birds because you're not going to hit shit, okay? And, um, you know, we're, that's just not how I do it. If the birds aren't right, we're not pulling the trigger. Now, if I was fun hunting or something like that, and, you know, I got birds at 35 or 40 yards, I might try it. But 50 yards, no go, not even when I'm fun hunting. Um, but, it, I mean, it's just it's, it's not going to happen. 50 yards is too far. But that's what sucks for us is you get these pintails and then they circle at 50 yards or – God help us, they circle at 40 yards. Just kind of that, mm, we might be able to do it. And then guys start looking down at me like, well, why aren't we calling the shot? Well, it's, it's too far is what it is. And I don't feel like chasing these birds halfway across the county. So, I mean, it's, it's 
They're tough. I don't. What would you do, Jeff? Well, you're the expert. I always whistled at them. Did a whistle. Don't do make don't make a lot of noise. Man, you can whistle and whistle at them. You can call. You can do whatever you want to. And when they just want to circle and circle and circle, ain't a damn thing you can do. I mean, it, they either do it or they don't do it. It seems like. It seems like it, most times with pintails, they either bunch up and ball and come right in, or they're going to circle you and circle and circle you to death. It's one or the other. And then usually another duck's going to come in, and you're going to shoot them before the damn pintails ever make it down anyways. Right. And most of our duck hunting is done in fields anyways. Right. So they, they, they don't seem to work the spread as much like that. And they will sometimes. And hell, there'll be two or 300 of them just circle and circle and circle and circle. Brutal. And then hopefully you'll have some mallards come by. That'll just come right in and... Or a widgeon. Or a widgeon. Widgeons are gun, are, are duck hunting saviors on, on hunts. I'm telling you. And they're so fun to shoot. Yeah, they are. Beautiful, beautiful and they birds. Good. Yeah, pintails can be. They can be tricky. I, I recommend not overcalling on them. A lot of people want to overcall on them. Yeah. I've seen some guys before in a public or a, a, on a lake hunting and they had some pintails circling up above them. They, boy, they're hollering at them and doing everything. And them fucking ducks weren't going to go in there for no matter what they did. Mm-mm. Watch them work them same flock of birds for about 10 minutes. They'll do that. Yeah, just it's over fr- and, and wear your ass out. And then your mind start if they circle you for too long, then your mind starts playing tricks on you. Like, damn it, I should have done it. Is there I any sh- decoys I that you think work it. better for pintails? Probably pintail decoys. So do you o- always want to have a few pintail decoys with your mallards? Or? Yeah, I mean they just they stick out that much more. They got the they got white on them, and and that could be the problem that people you know people might have just a, a the generic. Uh, full mallard spread out, and that could be what the birds, they might be looking for their own kind down there and not seeing any. I don't know. I was looking. Yeah, if you got pintail decoys, definitely put them out if you think that you're going to be running into pintails. I was looking at Max the other day and looked at Cabela's. They sent me the fall duck hunting, and I was thumbing through it the other day, and I was amazed at the amount of decoys that you can buy now. Oh, it's ridiculous. When I, when I was growing up, there were a couple of different shell decoys, G&H shell decoys. Mm-hmm. Really didn't, we didn't really have full body decoys then. There wasn't no silhouettes really to buy. And duck decoys, you could buy mallards and green wing teal were about it. Yeah. Fuck, they got spoonbill decoys now. <laughs> you can buy every, who the hell is going to buy shoveler decoys? There's somebody out there that is. Oh, yeah. And it's just it's crazy. Obviously, or they all, wouldn't make them. All the different kinds they have now. We've got some widgeon decoys, and I like those, the full body ones. We use those. One question I get all the time is, like, how real do I need to make these decoys look? Like, you know, right now, most of the birds most of the birds don't have a whole lot of color to them. Uh, so, so guys are like, "Well, do I need to just run hen decoys?" Yeah, you can. That's fine. But you know, I mean, these birds are used to seeing what they're used to seeing, and they know what a greenhead looks like. So, I don't think it's going to kill you if you put out a uh, a mallard that has a green head this time of year decoy. Um, you know, if you want to run all hens because you're hunting mainly brown ducks right now. More power to you. I think you're going to be fine. I think you're going to do great. Um, but I would not run out and get uh, a big bundle of January mallards just because you think it's going to help your chances. Um, just, just you know, get regular mallards and and run them all year. I don't think that you have to change out your your decoy spread all the time. I don't think ducks. If ducks get close enough to see the detail on a, a decoy, mm-hmm. they're fucked. Right. They're probably coming anyway, unless something's painfully obvious with your hide. Back in the old days when we used to use shell decoys, we'd have something that didn't have a head on them. Mm-hmm. Well, what about this one? Don't have a head on it. Right. Buddy, if they get close enough to see that some bitch ain't got a head on it, 
yeah. then you ought to be shooting it anyways. I get that question <clears> a lot. I've got uh, oh, I've got decoy. I've got a couple that don't have heads on them. Put them in the back of the spread, which means behind you, and you know, put them in a big pile of other big bunch of other decoys. And those birds, number one. 99.9% they're not going to see it. And then number two, if they do get close enough that that's the problem, you should have been shooting them already, Yep. And in my in my opinion. And speaking about shooting birds, I was on hardcore one of them waterfowl deals. I don't. I think it was hardcore. And some guy posted a picture, and I think it was a wood duck that he shot during teal season. Oh, you'll have that. He goes, oh, what kind of bird is that? I wrote. He asked? Uh, he had he had a picture of it and asked, well, could oh, someone help me identify yeah. this bird? And I put expensive. Mm. If you don't know what the hell it is, you're shooting, don't shoot. Yeah. You Espe- see that all the time on hardcore. <clears throat> Especially during teal season. During teal season, you can shoot teal. During duck season, I can see some ducks coming in. You shoot a duck and don't know what, the, what it is. Right. Well, you know, that happens. Yeah. It could be a rare duck of some sort. Sure. It could be a hybrid. It could be just. What whatever it is, but during duck season, you can shoot six ducks or five ducks or eight ducks, depending on where you are. Where you are, that's what you shoot. Right. During teal season, you only shoot fucking teal, and if it don't look like a teal and it ain't a teal, don't shoot at it. And don't definitely don't put it on social media if you're not a hundred percent sure what, that that's a damn that's what blue I or green wing teal. I thought, why the fuck would you, you put see shit that? on you here? See that all, you sure you wasn't like uh, trying to fuck with people? I have no idea. Yeah, that's stupid. It's a good way to get a federal game warden to come to your house. Yeah. I'll, um, how much of social, how much of social media do you think game wardens can use? A hundred percent. If that guy had just like, like say he was just fucking around with everybody on hardcore and a game warden, I mean, is that, can he, if he commented back like, oh, I'm just fucking with you guys trying to get everybody riled up. Could it, I mean, is that still grounds for a game warden visit? The game warden can visit you for whatever you put on there. I mean, they can't give you a ticket unless they got evidence. Right. But yeah. So if he cleaned that, say he did shoot that wood duck, cleaned it, disposed of it, but he had it on social media. Without the without the actual bird, they'd probably have a hard time proving it. But why would you do shit like that? No, no, it's stupid. It's dumb. And it, it, it's not just in the game industry either. There's a whole lot of people put shit on Facebook, oh, yeah. drug it, dealers and shit all the fucking time. Yeah. I mean, that's why every time there's somebody shot by the cops, it's innocent and shit. Somebody digs on their Facebook and they got them holding guns and money and making gang signs and shit. Oh, yeah, little Johnny, he was fixing to be an engineer. Yeah. You know, my ass. Yeah. A chemical engineer for making crack. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you you can't, if you put shit like that, you're just asking for trouble. I don't think they can give him a ticket. He can just say, oh, I was just screwing around or whatever it right. was. But don't be stupid. I mean, God almighty. You're out there for teal, and that's it. Yeah, it, just shoot teal. And there are some animals, there are some birds out there that most definitely can get confused. I mean, you could have gadwalls come in with your mallards. You have... You know, your widgeons and pintails, I see them cross up a lot of times. But you do not see, very, very often, do you see, do you run into a problem where you're going to see a big duck with, with teal. They stand out. I mean, teal's a little bird. And you got this one big duck come flying by with them, and you know damn well it's not a teal. So you shouldn't be shooting at it. And, and, and it, it's social media. They take pictures of it. They post, they, well, it's always on so, some sort of social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. Twitter, whatever. Don't be smart about stuff. You know, don't turn yourself in. If you got a question, ask your buddy. Say, hey, t- take a picture of it and send him a text and say, hey, what kind of duck is this? Don't post a shit where there's ten million people can look at it and know what a dumbass you are. Another thing, when you're guiding, 
this this used to bother me a lot back when I got it. The thing I hated the most to hear was the click of a safety going off just because birds are locking and starting to come in. Does that bother you? It's not safe. Yeah, I mean, it, and if I if I see it, I address it right away. You know, the safety stays on because what's going to end up happening is you're going to click that safety off because you think the birds are going to come in and they're not going to come in, and you're going to forget to cl- click it back on. And then, uh, you know, say that was the last bunch of the day, hunts over after that, you got a gun that's not on safety, and then it comes time to start handling your gun to pack up everything. And that's where problems come in. Keep your gun on safety until you shoot, and it goes right back on safety when the gun goes down. Basic hunter safety stuff. And that's, I'm guilty of it. Um, there's been, you know, not, I'm, I don't do it every hunt, but there's been some times where I'll pull up intending to shoot and uh, end up not firing a shot. And 98% of the time, gun goes right back on safety. But, you know, there is that, those couple of times where I just set it back down and it was on, it was on fire the whole time. Um, I mean, I, I, I rarely, rarely pick up my gun unless I know I'm going to shoot. Most of the time it's a bird that's getting out of the back or out of the side. Something that I think that I can, you know, pop and, and be, be, be a pretty easy shot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's dangerous. So be sure if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to click that gun off safety, make sure that you, you put it back on safety. It's just basic stuff. And that, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of, uh, the rule for everything is just keep everything pretty simple to succeed at waterfowl hunting. You don't have to be a, a, a scholar of any kind. And, and we, we kind of show that more than anything. Like just keep, keep things simple, keep things basic. And you can, you can thrive in this game for sure. Camouflage. Mm-mm-mm. Do you believe that camo or plaid, what, what, what do you think it makes a difference? I mean, you got you have to have something on to blend in a little bit colors, but. Mm, it depends on how you're hunting. If you're hunting on a pond bank or if you're just going to sit underneath a fence line with no blind, you need some camo. If you are in an A-frame, uh, birds can get over the top of you and peek in. So camouflage would not hurt there. But if you're in a fully enclosed layout blind that has doors on it, you can be hunting in your white whitey tighties and it won't matter because the doors close and all they can see is the top of your hat so it that, all, it, that's it, common sense if you're in a box you can't be seen but, sure but if you're hunting like you see the old time you wear plaid a lot you're not a camouflage guy i don't really wear i mean you can you can see what i wear on my uh, instagram account and it's uh it's dickies it's a sweater of some kind and just a a, a filson vest it's kind of kind of all it is. Nothing yeah. nothing and now when it gets cold I've got of course I've got bibs that are camouflage but uh if you were wanting to kind of cut pennies or something like that and you wanted to get just regular uh uh carhartt there's nothing wrong with that. Especially, you know, uh if you're hunting a, if you're hunting in a layout blind just something that's kind of earth tone is fine just in case the birds do peek in, which if you're 
If you're following my number one rule of succeeding in waterfowl hunting and you're taking your concealment seriously, uh, whenever you're hunting out of A-frames, you know, you've got grass kind of going over the top at angles so that the birds have a harder time of peeking in. Just a nice little earth tone will be fine. But yeah, um, now if you're hunting just a, a, a riverbank and you're just kind of out there in the open with not a, not anything in front of you or maybe just a couple limbs or, or some brush, camouflage would help for sure. Blend you in a little bit more. You can't be wearing a, a, a hot pink sundress out there and expect to do any good. But yeah, if you're in a layout blind and you're totally concealed, hunting whatever whatever keeps you warm that's the main thing is just stay warm um i, I have guys all the time call and they'll be like well what kind of camo do we need to use you know i've got this and this and that and i think you, you got way too much camo whatever first you got. Yeah. yeah that's why i tell them just no orange camo because i have had a guy show yeah. up with the waterfowl with freaking orange deer camo yeah but i tell guys all the time i said listen you don't need to go out and buy camo to go on a hunt with us because usually we're going to cover you up anyways. We don't, yeah. well, ever hunt is. We don't have people just laying out there by themselves. Right. You're covered up with every, every hunt we do, we cover you up in. But if you've got brown car hearts, that's as good a thing to hide in as there is out there. Sure. And I tell them all the time, you know, and it's funny, you'll have an oil field company come up and there'll be some, you know, dick smack out there in blue, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Wearing a schlumber J, freaking blue coveralls. We said anything. Yeah. Anything earth tone. Yes. Unless you're hunting in the middle of the Atlantic, that blue not gonna not really gonna work. Do you have any any maintenance tricks for waders and stuff to keep them from one year to the next? Because every waiter that I've ever owned has a leak in them. Uh yeah, no. Just keep them away from where rats can get to them. But uh make sure that they're dry at the end of the year. I'm sure if if, if you put up wet waders that that can be an issue so make sure that they're dry and keep them in a dry place is basically it um i i did leave a pair of waders rolled down all year because that's whenever i get out of them i roll them down and just kind of slide my feet out and last time of the year and they stayed rolled down throughout the spring and summer and then i put them back on and like i don't know if i don't know if the hole was already there or what but whenever i put them back on where that crease was, where they were rolled down, I had two holes on the inside of my leg. So maybe don't do that. If you can find uh, a holder and completely unravel them and just let them hang, I think that's probably the best way. But, yeah, there's two kinds of waders out there, those that uh, don't leak and those that uh, are about to leak. So keep that in mind. But i tell you what, the, the putting them up dry is the right, right thing, too. Tony and Andy were in Canada one time. And I flew up, and Tony flew home, and I flew up. And so when I got up there, I gave Tony all my – I took my hunting clothes. I packed in the trailer all my shit, dry, nice, put up. Well, Tony's dumbass goes up there, and he don't have to take shit with him hardly. And he get up there, and it's snowing and cold. So he, he wears my shit, which is fine. I'm good with that. Uh-huh. So I get back up there, and I ask Andy, I go, where are my bibs and jacket at? He goes, oh, Tony had them. I said, oh, he said, they're in that red bag right there. I opened them some bitches up, and it smelled like molten, nasty, boiled assholes in there. <laughs> stuff, Tony put them up wet, and they mildewed. God, they stunk. Oh, I said, work stinking ass freaking bibs and white, uh, bibs in a jacket for two days till they started smelling better. Yeah. So don't put your shit up wet. Make sure you dry it out. And I'm the and I'm guilty of this. You know it. You, you've got your ass kicked. The last thing you want to do on a cold, rainy, wet day is fuck with your camouflage. But you got to look at it as an investment. Same as call, same as decoys. Your clothes are an investment. 
And if you put them away wet and if you put them away nasty or you don't take care of them, your investment is no good. And you're going to reinvest, you know, with more money the next year because this shit's only going to get more expensive. So take care of your stuff, even when it's wet, even when it's cold, even when it's the last thing that you want to do. Um, we, I have to kind of take care of my stuff a little bit better because it's most of the time I got to use it the next day. So if my boots are wet, I got to put them on a dryer and I got to get them ready for, for tomorrow. But you know, the average hunter, if he gets in on Sunday and it was shitty, he just throws them, throws them down and doesn't worry about them until the next weekend. Take care of your stuff. It's important. And that's, that's something we do even at Goose Camp, Oklahoma, is that we have a, wa- a dryer and washer out there. In our, well, like everybody else got a washer and dryer, but the guys do. They come in and they hang their shit up, and they're cold and tired, and especially if you did a morning go- Usually if it's cold and wet here, it's, it's a, we got goose hunts and duck hunts anyways, and the guys are always excited about afternoon duck hunting when it's cloudy, shitty day. But the days are long. There's not a long nap that way, and they're tired when they come in. We eat dinner at nighttime. And the last thing they want to do is go out there and have to hang their boots up and put boot dryers on them and stuff. But, boy, the next morning, they're sure damn glad they did do that. Mm-hmm. It's the little things. You do the little things right, and you can succeed in the big picture. But, um, you know, I had a guy ask me the other day, and he never he never responded back that I got. But uh, he asked me, uh, should I hunt the X? where there's not a good cover or and I, I was trying to pry a little bit deeper but he never would message me back and he said uh, or should I go across the road three or four hundred yards and hunt over there where there's good cover so what I took from it and what I wanted to know is you know is across the road in the same field or is there a natural turn row that runs through the middle uh, what's going on here but if it is in the if it's a completely different field, I would say hunt the X and take your chances there. If it's the same field and the same crop and everything looks the same, I think you could get away with uh, uh, hunting a hunting where the good hide is. But uh, I, I wish he would have messaged me back because I was trying to pry a little bit deeper. Uh, whoever it was, if you're listening, I hope that uh, you made the right decision and it paid off. But yeah, if. Uh, if three or four hundred yards away across the road is the same field, same crop, same looking, you know, same thing that they're used to looking at and landing in, definitely do that. I think I think that would be a winner. But if it's a different field, different crop, and uh, you're basically going to traffic them, <clears throat> go where the X is and uh, put a lot of decoys around you if the hide is that bad. I don't know. I don't know how you're hiding or layout blinds or anything like that because. Uh, I think you, you you wouldn't respond to me. I'm trying to help you out, and you're not responding to me. But um, if the hide is truly, truly bad, this is where like things like dive bomb come into play, things like dive bomb socks, uh, because you can put a massive amount around you, and those socks will uh, they'll cover a little bit more surface area than the silhouettes will. Um, so that that would be what I would do. That is what I do if I'm hunting a field that has a lot of birds but not a lot of cover is you gotta put you gotta put a lot of decoys around you. And it'll just it'll break up where you're sitting, which is the name of the game. So uh hope hopefully you did well, like I said. Well, that's 
there, there, we get a lot of questions, and if you, if you send us some questions, we'll have these occasion. Now the hunting season's going to get close. We're going to be busier doing hunting stuff. We'll have a lot of these where we'll have 30, 45 minute deals, and we'll do three or four or five a week where we'll just answer questions and kind of go over our hunts and what we experienced this morning and, and, and things like that. Now, I used the Flock of Flickas this weekend, the Mojos, and they work really good. That's a really good deal, and I think they're going to work really good for field ducks. I think those same dove decoys will work. And I think they'll work in the goose spreads because they're not something flipping. You know, it's just a ground deal, and I think it'll make a big difference. Um, guy asked me the other day, he's bringing his grandson, 20-gauge versus 12-gauge. I told him I didn't think it made a lot of difference if you shot well. You know, because we're shooting birds close enough. Now, if you're shooting birds at 50 yards, 40, 50 yards, then yes, I think it does make gauge. a difference. But if you're shooting birds at 15 to 20 yards, I don't think you have any problem if you can hit with something with a 20-gauge. Yeah. Yeah, you know, work your birds tight, get them in close, and then that 20-gauge will work great. But, yeah, if you're if you're stretching it a little bit and maybe pass shooting, I'd say go 12-gauge. Don't, don't pass shoot, though. Don't be that guy. It's too early in the year to be doing that shit anyway. You don't need to do that any time. Uh and three and a half inch shells, I, I we don't see much of those anymore. Well, it's I mean it's, I think it's just the way that we hunt. We're we're shooting birds that are in your face. Um, I've hunted big birds before, and I can kind of see where the argument is for three and a halfs. You know that's what, but I would just use threes and work them tight and hit them in a good spot. It's gonna drop them for sure. Okay, my last two things. I had a kid message me. He's like, hey. I've been dating this girl for a long time with some, some advice on his dating life, believe it or not. He's been dating a girl. He said she looks kind of like. Why would he message would us you, about would that? Would you let me finish this? Would you let me tell my story here go or not? Go ahead. You like your mom. Well, he's cutting right in the middle of go shit. Go ahead. Anyways, he said, I've been dating this girl for a long time. Her parents got a lot of land. I think oh. she's real serious. And he said, I think she wants to marry me. What would you, my advice be? Because I'm kind of young. My advice is, if she looks like Britney Spears, send us a picture of her so we can check her out for you. Mm. If you've got a girl that's got a lot of land, you better marry her ass. You can sure marry her for more money than you'll ever make. So that's my advice on the dating world. But if you do marry her, don't talk to your buddies like you're some fucking genius. Because that's the thing that wears me out is we get guys that hunt with us that married a lot of money, and then they talk to me like they fucking started with $10 in their pocket and a can-do attitude and made themselves into a multimillionaire. You sound like you're describing one of our buddies' brother. Yeah. Don't fucking act like you're a genius and, and give me financial advice when the only financial advice that you can give me is marry well. Fuck off, okay? <laughs> I, had a guy, I had a guy telling me, oh, you got to get into this, you got into that, you got to get into this if you want to make it. Fuck you, you married your money, and just save your goddamn financial advice, okay? I'd rather, go to, I'd rather listen to a guy like Jordan Belfort or, or Warren Buffett or, or fucking... Jim Bob on the street corner, okay? He's got as, about as much financial advice as you do. Because guess what? If Jim Bob could have found the right girl, he would have married for money. And that's about that's where your financial advice needs to stop. Don't tell me to invest in real estate or any of that horse shit because fuck off with your advice. <laughs> I think we're talking about the same guy. <laughs> so, um, so if you do marry this gal, don't go to your buddies and be like, oh, well, you know what you need to do? You need to invest in Cuban cigars because just fuck off. <laughs> Tell them to marry well and then shut your mouth because that's about as much as you know about financial advice. Okay, my last thing is, people, get out and vote. 
Go find your friends and get them to vote. This is the most important, all fucking fired up now. most important election we have ever had. And if you're not political and you're like, I'm not political, you better wake up because if you're listening to this, you hunt. And if you want to keep your guns and you want to be able to keep the freedoms you have, then you better vote and you better vote Republican. Whether you like them dick smacks because they're just as bad as the other ones are, at least they're going to help us with our guns. So go out and vote. Vote Republican. And if you live in Texas and I find out you vote for that fucking Beto guy, do not come to Lodge because we don't want your ass up here. Mm-hmm. He's a fraud. Anyways, vote Republican. Get out and do the vote. Basically, that's all I got to say. Have a great day. God bless you. Got me all fired. You got anything up. to say, Andy? I'm fucking. Fi- I'm fired up right now. My blood is boiling. I'm just fired up. It's Monday, and I'm fired up. So you'll take advice from some poor guy that's done it on his own. Huh? Fuck yes, I okay. will every time because he knows what it takes. <laughs> uh, we had a bachelor party, and you know, uh, uh. Talk to you know there were some guys there that we talked to some guys that hunt with us that start with nothing and absolutely build an empire. Those are the guys, the guys that marry well just piss off because the only thing that you know is uh, who to put a ring on, and 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 you know they'll tell you oh you know uh, you can marry a poor one just as easy as you can marry a rich one so that makes me a genius. Well okay if that if that's what it is then that's what it is but don't tell me what to invest in when the only thing you did was marry well. That's my final statement. Hunt the X if you can. If there's not a hide on it, uh, look for an edge row. But if there's not an edge row, then pack in those decoys around you and burn them up. Don't overthink it. It's too early in the season to be playing chess with them. You're playing checkers right now. When the birds start getting stale and all that other good stuff, that's when you start playing chess. So play checkers with them right now. Keep it simple and then keep listening to this podcast and I'll tell you when to switch over to chess. Have a good week.